this is Christy, and then do you guys want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Simon. I'm Michael. And uh, these are my friends. We're going to be discussing If I Can't Have You uh, by Greg Olson and Rebecca Morris. It's about the disappearance of Susan Powell. Um, so you guys know that the technically my podcast is a comedy podcast, so even though it's like a shitty subject. That's too much pressure. What's the name of your podcast? Dedication. This isn't Guys We Fucked? No. Oh, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's next week. Okay. <laughs> guys We Fucked. You should listen to Guys We Fucked. We Fucked. It's good. I, that's an actual. That's it's, an actual podcast. Yeah, it's an anti-slut shaming podcast. Dude, it's really good. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I've recommended it to you before. Have you? <laughs> yes. I was probably drunk, <laughs> as well as you were. That made sense. I've always wanted to listen to the Unladylike podcast as well. I've never heard that. Yeah. Um. It sounds really good. So, I don't know. It's the same thing. It's about women. Does your mom listen to uh, these podcasts? God, I hope not. (laughs) Um, I think she listens to a few of them. She definitely listens to the ones that Dale is on, my brother. Yeah. But I think she listened to the first one because I made a joke about Sean Hannity coming onto his microphone. And then the next time, because that's... Like literally orgasming, ejaculating. Yeah, I'm like, if Sean Hannity can come onto his microphone, I don't know what the fuck he does on on his show, but that's what he does, right? It's just come onto his microphone. If he can do that and have the follower base that he has, I should be fine, right? Yeah. And Well, Sean Hannity is something that my parents listen to constantly, all the time, in the car. Yeah, he's like the number three uh, broadcast in America. Yeah, exactly. So then we were in the car a few days after, and she was like, so I listen to Sean Hannity because I like his views, like, trying to explain to me why she likes Sean Hannity, and I'm like, oh, my mom listened to me make a cum joke, so. Uh, You know, we all have goals in life, and (sighs) you can tick one of those off right there. Uh, You know? Didn't your mom say something about, like, not being so vulgar on your podcast? Yeah, that was... did we talk about, like, make a really vulgar podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, make cum jokes. This one's gonna be PG-13. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all of them are PG-13. Okay, I'm getting more wine. Okay, good. So, I am drinking, um, a rosé Angry Orchard. What are you drinking, Simon? Uh, Alamos Red Blend, primarily Malbec. It's from Argentina. It's it's, it's a wine. <laughs> For those I, of I'm you sure, who don't I'm know. sure the listeners know Malbecs are wines. Um, I don't know what any of those words are, so... Whoa, Simon, I wanted Simon, some, what too. The, what You're the, giving me some of what? that. <laughs> it's a shit. Just take all of it? Holy shit. <laughs> don't spill it! Oh, my God. This podcast is off No, I want more than that. <laughs> don't I drip fucking... it on me. Oh, my God. Thank you, Simon. This buy is a, bottle a of new wine, kimono. Don't drip it on me. It already has a coffee stain from today. It's my first day wearing it. <laughs> back on track. Okay. okay. Ooh, back on track. All right. So, um, uh, so let's talk about uh, Saint Martin's True Crime Library, which are the publishers of this book. Um, they're one of the largest English literature publishers in uh, the world. They they bang out seven hundred books a year. Whoa. Yeah. Holy fuck. I tried to read through all of their books, and it's just insane. 
I couldn't do it. So is it mostly fiction, true crime fiction, or like? It's mostly uh, nonfiction. Non-fiction. I believe. Yeah. Does, does true crime have to be nonfiction, or like well, based it's on true crime? I don't know what this yeah. genre means. This is my first time I've ever read anything true crime. Seriously. Yeah. I think I can't think of anything else I've read that was true crime. Like like in a book or like articles or what? I mean, I've read synopses of crimes and stuff. I've never mm-hmm. like read a book that was true crime. Out of all the books that you read, really? Yeah. Have you ever read a true crime book, Michael? You didn't even read this one. Really? <laughs> <laughs> You've you? never read a true crime book? It's not really a true crime book. Yeah. I used to read true crime we're, books all the time. We're not really their target demographic. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm the target mm-hmm. demographic. <laughs> So, uh, Greg Olson, one of the writers, was born in Seattle, Washington. Um, he wrote uh, about a lot of high-profile cases, like Mary Kay Letourneau. He wrote a book on that, which always fascinated me since, you know, that happened in Seattle. And, like, uh, you know... Yeah, fake memories of that going on back in the 90s. Yeah, me too. Um, I didn't hear about the Susan Powell stuff at all. I had no idea that was going on. Yeah, well, I knew about it because I'm personally connected to it, but I didn't know... The full details until I read the book. So, um, the, the, the Greg Olson now lives in Olala, which is twenty minutes from where I live right now. Hmm. Where I, I saw that. I saw that he lived in Olala. I forgot that that was near you. Yeah. So, you can go um, knock on his door. Oh yeah, I'm gonna find him and stalk him. Okay. And I'm be, gonna say you're gonna meet his next novel. Is what you're saying? You're oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it's like um, Anne Rule writing about Ted Bundy because you know she worked uh, with this, him. This is lost on me. I have no so idea. So Anne Anne Rule worked with Ted Bundy. Okay, Anne Rule is. Anne Rule is like Somebody the number worked one. With Ted Bundy, Simon. <laughs> Didn't you just fucking listen? <laughs> She's the number one true crime author okay. in like America. She's done. Well, books as, upon as, books. As I mentioned, I, I don't read true crime, so. <laughs> Yeah, um, so Anna Rule, you know, worked with Ted Bundy and then wrote a book about him, which, because she's a true crime author. <laughs> and by worked with him, do you mean she, like, you know, killed with him, or, like... <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that just be like, a miracle? Wouldn't that just like, be... was, like... That's a good story plot. <laughs> <laughs> or... No, they worked... Uh, like, ironically before enough, he was found out to be a serial mm-hmm. killer? Oh, okay. Actually, he had killed some women before he even met Anne Rule. But thankfully, Anne Rule wasn't his type. Ted Bundy liked women with brunette hair parted down the middle. And, um... (laughs) Um, and so they worked in a suicide prevention uh, hotline. And so people would call this hotline and Ted Bundy would talk them out of committing suicide. Yeah. Well, I'm sure your viewers are familiar with Anne Listeners, I should say, yeah. are familiar with Anne Rule. My two listeners, yes. <laughs> All two of them. I hey. have two subscribers hey on Castbox. <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to me on Castbox. I press, really appreciate it. Press the it. subscribe button if you're not already yeah, subscribed. Yeah, please do, and rate me on iTunes as well, please. Five stars. I'll accept nothing less. <laughs> you know, Mikey's gonna go on and rate you like one star now. I would never do that. Mikey, <laughs> why would you believe in me? Why would you do that? <laughs> That's rude. You're trusting a guy who, like, drank an entire bottle of wine that he didn't even buy. <laughs> I asked.
asked you to buy it. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought I, I'd at if least... I had cash on me, I'd have handed you cash and you could. I just thought. Let's get on with the show. Okay. okay. So uh, Rebecca Morris is the second author. Um, she grew up in Oregon. Uh, she currently lives in Seattle. Um, she's also written about Ted Bundy, and she wrote a book which I really, really, really want to read called Bad Apples, which is about teacher sex scandals. I didn't like know. Mary Kay Letourneau. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know I was interested in teacher sex scandals until I heard that there was a book about it. So a kid from my hometown got a BJ from one of uh, my old teachers. Really? Got what? A BJ from one of my old teachers. That's gross. Oh yeah. It, I mean. So when uh, yeah. when I was in high school, uh, there was this girl who fell in love with the band teacher, and they waited until the day that she turned 18 and they got married. That's crazy. Grooming. I just burped, sorry. Okay. Uh, one thing I also like to talk about is some of the reviews, because um, I like to read all the bad reviews of books, because oh, I find it really funny. That. I know, it's so great. So on Amazon, it has a 4.4 out of 5, and... Um, most negative reviews were about um, how sad the book is. <laughs> They're like, I'm giving it one star because it's so sad. And I'm like, that's not how this works. <laughs> I mean, by about halfway through, if you don't, haven't figured out it ends in murder-suicide, you're kind of losing, losing the plot I mean, it there. even says I, on the cover. If, if I can't have you, I like, mean... And the murder of... Her children. That does, I didn't read the cover. I was reading it on Kindle. You be, do you ever look, when you get a book on Kindle, do you ever look at the cover? Never, no. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I don't so have a Kindle. No. You can use your phone. You, you can use your phone. That's, that's, no. <laughs> we'll talk, we'll deal with that issue later. Continuing on. Um, and then on Goodreads, it has a 3.9. Um, there were no one-star reviews on Goodreads. Huh. It's not bad. And um, I am going to butcher her name. Kiersey Hallowell, who... Yeah, I was wondering how I'd pronounce that name the entire time I was I'm like, it's close to my name, so it would kind of be like Christy, but it's... I don't know. It's got the two eyes. Kiersey. I'm saying Kiersey. It's got three eyes, I guess. Yeah, it has three eyes. Two adjacent eyes. Whatever. Kiersey? Kiersey. Kiersey? I think it's just... They're from Utah, so I think it's just Kiersey. Um... Kiersey, uh, who's in the book, actually, rated it on Goodreads and wrote a review about the book. No shit. Yeah, isn't that cool? Well, that's neat. So, um... I wonder if you got a free copy. You know, I hope so. She was in She was in the book. Yeah, she was one of the neighbors. Yeah, exactly. She was mentioned in the book several times. Um, and then there's this girl on Goodreads named Ruth, and she said it was like reading a newspaper. Which, like, um, what were you I... expecting? I wouldn't call the style that dry. Yeah. That's... She just said it was like, bleh. And I'm like, no. It I mean, it was a pretty engaging writing was style. was really well written. And, and it had good flow and like, yeah. I, I thought it was, it was well written. Whatever. I mean, there were things I have issue with, but we'll mm-hmm. get to that later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to the story. I am so fucking sweaty. Oh my god. Me too. They can't see that you're sweaty. They I know, but know. I can feel that I'm sweaty, though. But they don't need to know it. And they do, too, need to know it. <laughs> they, they need to know exactly. So the temperature in this room is a balmy... <laughs> what, how, is balmy cold or is balmy hot? Balmy is, like, warm. It's not like... I mean, sometimes people use a balmy to be like, oh, it's a balmy, 105 degrees, but that's not the correct use of balmy. <laughs> balmy is, like, you know, in the mid-70s. It's you know. basically Satan's asshole in here. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's like I don't 
let's get into it. Um, ugh, let's try to work through this. So, Susan Powell dropped her boys off every day at daycare before work. When she didn't show up on Monday, December 7th, 2009? I didn't yes. write down the year. 2009. Uh, the daycare provider became worried when Susan didn't show up and wasn't answering her phone. Debbie drove to the Powell's house to find it uh, locked with all the lights off. After trying her and her husband Josh's cell phones, she called their emergency contact, Jennifer Graves, who is Josh Powell's sister who lived a few blocks from their Utah home. Jennifer calls the police and allows them to break into the home. They had gotten, like, a lot of um, carbon monoxide poisoning they were worried calls, and so, yeah, they were worried that they had died from carbon monoxide, so they broke one of the windows and got to the home. They found it messy, as it usually is, but there was a dark spot on the floor with two box fans blowing towards it, which is, I, I mean, suspicion number one out of... Five billion. I mean, really. There <laughs> yeah, were a lot of Ugh. hinky shit going down. Mm-hmm. Um, they also found uh, they found Susan's purse with uh, her keys and wallet still in it. No cell phone. No, no cell that phone. That will come into play in a second. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was around 10 a.m. when they broke into the house. Um, the last person to see them alive was their, or the last person to see them ever was uh, their neighbor, Giovanna. And at 3 p.m., the day of the disappearance, Josh answers his phone. Okay. It's you. Ooh. It's us, bro. Okay. Ring. Ring. <laughs> Ring. Oh, my God. Josh, where are you? Giovanna asked. What are you doing? The police are looking for you. Josh, who could be an absolute motor mouth, was silent for a moment. We're driving around. Giovanna felt her heart race. Where's Susan? Josh paused for a beat. She's at work. He went on to stammer out that he and the boys had gone camping overnight without Susan. Giovanna was frustrated. No, she's not at work. We're really worried, Josh. You didn't go to work. I got confused. He said. I thought it was Sunday. Giovanna felt he was lying and pressed him. No, you didn't, she said. You knew it was Monday. Don't you tell me that. You need to get home, Josh, right now. Immediately after getting off the phone with Giovanna, Josh checked his voicemail. Two minutes later, he left Susan a message on her phone, which was on the seat beside him. Dump, dump, bum. <laughs> For the next two hours, he answered no calls and drove nearly 20 miles around West Valley City, stalling. He washed his van at a do-it-yourself place, suspicion number three out of five billion, um, where he could soap and scrub the car over and over far more thoroughly than a drive through car wash could. At 5.27 p.m., Jennifer tried to call Josh but got no answer. At 5.36 p.m., Josh left Susan a message on her phone, still on the seat beside him. At 5.43 p.m., Josh called Susan's phone again to say that he was in the parking lot of the Wells Fargo building where she worked and asked if she needed a ride home. At 5.48 p.m., Jennifer finally heard from her brother. She was home, talking to Chuck Cox at the moment, and told him to listen in and stay quiet while uh, she put him on speaker. "'Where are you, Josh?' she asked. "'I'm at work,' he said. "'You're lying,' she said, knowing he hadn't gone to work. "'Where are the boys?' "'They're safe,' he said. "'Where's Susan?' Jennifer continued." 
I don't know. Work, I guess? No, Josh, Jennifer said. We know that's not true. How much do you know? Josh asked. Now she felt real fear. Why would you ask that? Josh, what have you done? What did you do to her? Jennifer asked. Josh hung up. Click. Click. This edition of Rita's Theater is brought to you by <laughs> Angry Orchard. <laughs> yeah, so literally, immediately reading that, I'm like, he did it. Yeah. I, it's an orca. It is an orca. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, and that's just from that one. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, bit. like the book is, like the title of the book suggests that he mm-hmm. did it, and but, I de- mean, the, the, the authors evidence. definitely, the authors definitely think that he did it. And yes, I agree that the evidence strongly put, but he was never convicted. Yeah, he was never even because arrested. it was all circumstantial evidence. I mean, it's all pretty of it. gnarly circumstantial. But it's so bad, like. I, people have been convicted on less sure. circumstantial evidence, you know. It's just the police fucked up. From so. what I've read, which is just that small segment in the book that I just read now, it sounds like he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude seemed super guilty. For sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you'll notice a pattern of people asking Josh, what did you do to her, instead of where do you think she is? I think that's a very important distinction, is that everyone asks Josh, what did you do to her, instead well, I, of... I think they were all, like, as you know, as you read along and, and how she's made everybody aware that she's really afraid to leave him and how he'll react, I think everybody was kind of like... And they were also expecting her to leave him. Like, they kind yeah. of got... went to the, They went to the conclusion that we went to that, dude, fucking just, like, yeah. kicked her. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's my theory, which um, I'll get into. Um, I have lots of theories about it. Um, so at 6.40 p.m., Josh finally shows up at his house with Charlie, who's three at the time, and Brayden is 18 months old, uh, where he was questioned by the police. He says that he left around midnight the night before to take the boys camping. He didn't call out from work because he was afraid he'd be fired for mixing up the days. Because he said that he thought it was Sunday... Because he didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. And, but, I mean, he doesn't go to church anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, and, like... Well, and didn't he, didn't he also say that, like, he told Susan that he was taking the boys camping? Wouldn't she have been, like, you have work tomorrow, asshole? What yeah, are you doing? exactly. I mean, that, yeah, that's another thing they mention in the book, is that all of Susan's friends would be like, she wouldn't approve of an overnight camping trip at the beginning of December in Utah? Like... Right. Exactly. It's like, oh, I took the generators and the electric heater. Ugh. Ugh. Um. When asked why he didn't answer his phone all day, he said he kept it off, um, to preserve the battery. And the police officer leaned into the car to see Josh's phone plugged into a car charger and Susan's phone in the passenger seat. Josh did To be fair, they didn't know Susan's phone at the time. They didn't, no, but you have two cell phones yeah. in a car and there's a char like a phone one of the phones is on a charger uh-huh. don't ask well and then uh, he gets rid of the sim cards too like yeah uh, Josh did not have an answer to why his wife's phone was in the car uh, when police uh, 
can't read my own handwriting sometimes. When police searched Josh's van, um, it had an electric generator, blankets, a gas can, tarps, a shovel, a circular saw, a humidifier, two knives, and a box of latex gloves and a rake. There was no camping equipment, no sleeping bags, no diapers for Brayden, no food. Dun, dun, dun. More circumstantial evidence, but like, that's pretty strong circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Um, and then in the second interview with police, so he had his first interview, which, you know, he didn't really seem to care that his wife was missing. In the second interview, all he could talk about was the broken window. He was just so pissed that the police broke a window to get into his house, and he couldn't stop talking about it. And so, at this point, the police are like, well, Josh has the trifecta of spouses who kill their partners. He was lying to them, very obviously. He was being evasive, and he was unconcerned about his wife. And that's usually the really big flags about, you know, spouses killing their own... Spouses. Spouses. Spouses killing Spices. <laughs> Spices. <laughs> now, um, this is podcasting. Spices. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by Spices. <laughs> exactly. Need some spices in your life? <laughs> it's really hot, I can't think. Push through, be a yeah. str- strong, independent mm-hmm. podcaster. Okay. By the way, how much are we being paid for this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> since the police confiscated Josh's car. That was my answer. He's moving on and not answering. I figured as much. (laughs) We bring you into our house, we feed you, we chill your booze, and you have us on your podcast for free? Since the police (laughs) confiscated Josh's car. (laughs) The only family car, which uh, we'll get into later as well. Um, And they searched the house, so he wasn't allowed there. He rented a car and drove 800 miles in one day. And I didn't really go into the specifics of that, but they do in the book. I think that that's a really important aspect, is him renting a car and driving 800 miles in one day. He, like, drove to Well, the isn't the theory that he drove to that 180-acre property in northeast Oregon or whatever? And yeah, he did. Who knows what and happened? And then, um, yeah, and then he or called he met his, up with Mike. Yeah, he met up with his brother Mike and then Mike like he grabbed the body from wherever he ditched it mm-hmm. gave it to Mike and Mike sorted it yeah and, exactly yeah. that's the prevailing theory that yeah. seems pretty like yeah it seems reasonable but that's the crazy based on the information I was given yeah it sounds pretty fucking like yeah exactly um so let's kind of talk about Susan a little bit Susan just seemed like the super normal like Mormon woman, you know, like I grew up with a lot of Mormon friends, all super nice, super friendly. I love them. Uh, she sang in her church. She was just this goody two shoes, you know. Um, even when her sisters were more rebellious, she was still the good girl. Um, she met Josh at a Latter day Saints singles event, and uh, at first, Josh was interested in her older sister. He asked her to a dance, and then even though... Prom. 
prom, yeah. Even though the sister said no, he still showed up to the house and sat on the couch and is like, I'm not leaving until she shows up. And then finally Chuck, Susan's dad, was like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, yeah. what are you doing here? And Josh is like, oh. And then left. And then later on, Susan starts dating this weirdo. And yeah, and Chuck's like, really, y'all? Like. <laughs> Seriously? You're dating. This is your rebellion? <laughs> Yeah, you, I don't know. Uh, Let's talk about a single meet of the Latter-day Saints. How lit must that be? <laughs> How lit? Yeah, like, no coffee, no booze. <laughs> Everybody in super comfortable underwear. Yeah. You're not allowed to take pictures in the temple, you know. Do the single the, events happen in the temple? Maybe. Where it's, else would they happen? Relationships are a holy alliance, aren't they? It's just so crazy to me that um, in Mormonism, marriage is for life. And the afterlife. As and well. the afterlife, yeah. yeah. I have a That's friend. Um, I have a friend when I was in junior high who was Mormon, and uh, she, one time she said this super crazy thing to me. She's like, "I'm, you know, if I fail all my classes, I'm not gonna get an education." shit I've ever heard. God's just like, you couldn't get married? Why Why, why would I want you? Ugh. God. I mean, it kind of lends, I don't know, it makes more sensible as to why uh, Mormon families, you know, tough it through and, mm-hmm. you know, remain yeah. in there. Yeah. And it was just so crazy marriages. that Susan's, even Susan's Mormon friends were like, it's time for you to leave, Josh. Yeah. You know? Well, and the, the lay bishop or whatever it was mm-hmm. that she talked mm-hmm. to. Yeah. There's a lot of signs pointing to get the fuck out, lady. Exactly. Lots of red flags. And lots of red flags pointing to don't leave kids with Josh. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so shortly after they were married, um, even though told, everyone told them to uh, told her to stay away from him, uh, they moved in with Josh's father, Steve, uh, to Quality save money. Human being. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Rest in peace. Um, and Steve Powell, uh, also lived in Puyallup at the time. Uh, Steve Powell, I wrote here, was a horrible man. And I put was, cause that bitch is dead. He died two weeks ago. Fuck you, Steve Monday. Powell. I hope you're running in hell. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised to learn that he had just died. Yeah, that's actually what spurred me to want to do this book, is cause I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> God, fuck First of all, fuck Steve Powell. I hate him. Super Not literally. Up, dude. Not, no, in like the bad sense. The, yeah. the metaphorical sense. Yes. Um, the rusty poker. Oh, God. Uh, sandpaper dildo. So, uh, he was a horrible man who violently detested Mormonism uh, and went on these huge rants about the police, which in some contexts, in my opinion, is fine. <laughs> Well, and it seems but, like it seems like his uh, daughter has kind of taken up the torch as far as the crazy conspiracy mm, theories about the police. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one thing um, is the like conspiracy I was, I was theories. Reading her uh, website, the West Valley and uh, Pierce f- website. Oh, the website about yeah. that and was supposed like, to be. Oh, you know his Powell, yeah. his uh, 
the the charges against him, they manufactured those pictures of the girls, and it's like, ah, what, dude? Like, yeah, that's pretty contrived. Yeah, right there. she's crazy. I don't even get into the whole website thing, but the whole website thing is so insane to me. Oh my god. And it's a really shitty website. Oh really? Yeah, I've bad. never checked it out. I oh, didn't know I, I it was still it. up. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> super up. Wow. It, uh, last updated um, twenty seventeen, I think. That's recent. Yeah. Jesus. Or no, twenty fifteen. I think it was. It was whenever uh, Stephen went back into jail, prison. Mm, I don't know. That Which was. he was in Monroe. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Keeping so. it local. Yeah, right? <laughs> I like how when they introduce the, the town of Puyallup, they're like, oh, it's got a tongue twister of a name. It's like, yeah, ah, it's Puyallup. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, you're from around here. You should know that it's Puyallup, but it's not hard to say. <laughs> no, so I had a roommate who was from Colorado. like Col Chuck or something. Or... <laughs> um, I had a roommate who was from Colorado, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Puyallup. Uh, do you want to come with? And I'm like... <laughs> Puyallup, and he's like, it's pronounced Puyallup, and I'm like, yeah, it is. It's not Puyallup. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, Puyallup sounds way cooler, so I think we should actually... Yeah, Puyallup. 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 Yep. Yeah, Pooing in the circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in and like out better. forever. <laughs> Groundhog until the end of time. You shit in my mouth, I shit in yours. Oh, God. Humans that's, gonna that's pee. That's yeah. But it's it's a, it's a self-attached centipede. So it's yeah. like a like 69 curled. poop. Yeah. <laughs> 69 poops. That's, <laughs> Yikes. That's a podcast. <laughs> that's a sexy amount of poops. I wonder if that's an actual fetish. I can only poopy. imagine that it is. Oh my god. Oh. Um, I was just introduced to a Brazilian... Fart fetish <laughs> on Pornhub, and I was like, "That is not what something." What is Shannon I want. showing you? <laughs> he he just mentioned it offhand at some point. I'm like, "What is that?" <laughs> and so I looked it up, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" So it's like, is it Brazilian women farting on people? Yeah. Okay. So it is, does it does what it says Wait, on the so chain. is yeah. it only like does it have to be specifically? Brazilian women to get these men off. No, there were some white women as well. And uh, lots of lesbian compilations of just lots women of... Women farting on people? Women farting on each other. Like on their boobies? No, in, <laughs> in their face. In their face? It was in their face. I feel like the boobies would be a hot spot for uh, women to fart on each other. A literal hot spot? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like when you fart on a chair. Yeah. yeah. I, I see what you're... I see where you're, you're picking pooping. up what I'm putting down. Yeah, I see what you're pooping. <laughs> Alright. Let's see. Uh, Steve also kept... Sorry, there's sweat diaries. running down my face. He kept some diaries. He kept extensive diaries where uh, he wrote every detail of his sexual fantasies towards Susan. Dude and jacked he, off twice a day. Twice a day to to Susan's pictures. That's fucked up. Yeah, and then he even sent his her... His son's wife. Yeah. Be clear. His son's wife. Oh my god. And he, like, Wait. wanted to start a family with her and, like, wanted all three of them to be in a family together. And I'm like, oh my god. This is shit the dude motherfucking wrote down. Yeah. 
Well, that's the stuff you don't want anybody else reading. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mikey, Mikey does similar. It's okay. <laughs> I'm <fine> with it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I wrote down, this is the man that raised Josh! Exclamation point. So it kind of gives you... That in itself just kind of gives you the background of his childhood. I don't really go into it extensively like they do in the book, but Josh's childhood was kind of fucked up. I think pretty seriously fucked up. Yeah. That along with the fact that his father has mental illness, so that transferred to Josh as well. So that's what caused this whole shitstorm. Um, so Steve confesses his love for Susan, and uh, she's disgusted, you know. And uh, she demands that they move to Utah, far away from Steve. And even though uh, she was 900 miles away, he would still write about her extensively in his journals for 10 years after that. Because he's a dickhole. Uh, he's dead. He is dead. Fuck you, Steve Powell. Um, Susan joined the local church in Utah and uh, made friends with other moms. Uh, Susan had a big mouth, which... There's nutritional facts on the spear. I've never seen that before. What? They're not required to put them on, but some of them put them on voluntarily. Well, yeah. I've never seen that. Exciting yeah, for ang- me. It's, it's worth interrupting the podcast. I didn't interrupt anything. For you guys looked at me. nutritional values of Angry Orchard. You guys looked at me. I was just excited to look <laughs> at it. You guys stopped on your own. For the board. audio record, let it be known that Mikey has a boner right now. <laughs> What's wrong with having a boner? You got a boner for nutritional facts. <laughs> I see no problem with that. I feel like the world would be a better place if we all had boners for nutritional facts. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. Now that's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, sorry, Mom. Oh, I should probably apologize for the 69 poop. <laughs> I wonder how many things your mom's going to have to Google that comes out of her mouth. Oh my god, playing Cards Against Humanity with her and all of her other 40-year-old friends who are teachers and principals, and things pop up, and I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what that is. So they get their phones out, and I'm like, no, you'll be fired. <laughs> Just let me tell Excellent. you what a flashlight is, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. That was that was something else. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Susan had no problem kind of talking to everybody about her problems in the house. Um, that was the one thing that she was pretty much notorious for, which isn't a bad thing. I have a mm-hmm. big mouth. I talk about my personal life a lot. Um, and so uh, she told all of her friends about how Josh treated her. Um, they had a garden in the back of their house, and sometimes it was their only source of food because Josh wouldn't give Susan money to go to the grocery store. And one time he even, what was that one? Like, he yelled at her because he she bought dish soap that was 10 cents more expensive at that grocery store than it was at another grocery store. I thought it was a can of peas or something. It might have been. I know there was the watermelon that, like, he objected to the price per pound. And then went and bought a $4 watermelon that ended up costing more and was smaller than the watermelon that she had bought. Just a fucking idiot. Well, the dude in general, like, if he was spending money, it was A-okay. If she was spending money, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. uh, He just, like, hoarded electronics. Their friends, like, talking about um, their road trip back to uh, Washington. And, like, she was only allowed to order one or two things off the dollar menu, whereas... 
uh, not Steve, uh, Josh got whatever the hell he wanted, and so their friends were, like, sneaking her food and shit, and that's... F- that's fucked up. And the fact that, like, she packed a bunch of shit into the car and was like, uh, That's my go we bag. Get to, yeah, if we get to Washington, I might leave Josh. And they're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that was crazy. Um, Susan's, uh, sorry, Josh sold Susan's car to limit her transportation so that she always had to ask for rides or she had to take her bicycle, which was... That, it was like the six funny miles part, away. The funny part was when he like took like took the bike and like oh it's not that hard I could bike and like after a week was like fuck this shit and motorized the bike and then it gave up when it got cold and said yeah. fuck it we're carpooling. God, dude was a piece of work. Oh man. Clearly, I mean it's totally normal behavior to kill your wife in the desert and then blow up yourself and your kids. Yeah, this. I mean... Mark was a stable psyche. <laughs> Uh, so, meanwhile, while Josh was uh, constricting Susan's money, he would buy extravagant electronics and show them off to everybody. Check out my cool like, RC and car, he, like, RC car, yeah. Yeah, and he would hoard it in the basement, too. Like, he... When they raided the house, they, it was literally like a hoarder's house in the basement. Well, and, yeah, they were saying during the... Uh watching the video that uh, she took when she was thinking mm. about divorcing him like because mm-hmm. she did a, 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 a accounting of assets kind of thing mm-hmm. and took a video going around the house and it looks like um, a hoarder was there it really does yeah I didn't watch the video but I did listen to the 911 call at the end ooh cool it was not cool <laughs> uh, from what's her face uh, the child CFRN or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. That lady's probably still fucking traumatized. Yeah, she, like, retired. That's what, yeah, I read that. You know. <laughs> that sucks. Poor lady. If you, if you, for some reason, listen to this, uh, what was her name again? Jermaine? Uh, pff, I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jermaine. I didn't write your name <laughs> down. It's not Jermaine. <laughs> um, Josh had once said to Susan, I'll kill you before I divorce you. Those are words that he said. Sounds innocent to me. Oh yeah, really? I think he just just has a bad rap. (laughs) That's what a lot of the other reviews were saying. Really? On on Amazon, they were like, they're just spewing gossip, like just church gossip. They're just spewing it around. I'm like, um, not really. Actually, these are uh, facts. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I guess they were mostly men saying that. Honestly. I just made your podcast political. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so the Powell's neighbors, in memory of Susan, put purple ribbons on every surface of their cars and houses. Purple was uh, Susan's favorite color. And then due to extreme pressure from the media... Due to... Due to... Oh, Griffin Hall. That was their last name. Oh, Griffin Hall. Yeah, sorry about that, Jermaine Griffin Hall. We love you. We hope you're doing well. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. We hope you're doing well. I hope she changes her name. <laughs> to Jermaine. <Yes. laughs> um, so due to extreme pressure from the media, Josh sold his house in Utah and went to live with his father, Steve, and he brought the kids the along. House. He rented it out. Oh, yeah. He rented it out because he wanted money. But um, that's the one thing that the they kept talking about in the book was how 
when you have a family member that goes missing, you'll stay in that house just in case they show up one day. It definitely seems hinky. It's another of the it's another, multitude of hinky-ass uh, shit that this dude did. Exactly. For sure. If it was just, like, one or two things, you know, but, I mean, just the stockpile of circumstantial evidence against him is just disgusting. I mean, he killed her, so, you know. Um, Susan's father, Chuck, kept telling the police over and over, he'll kill himself or the kids. And he's on record saying that several times. Um, police arrested Steve in 2011 after he was caught videotaping neighborhood girls ages 8 and 10 going to the bathroom. Uh, police then found all of Steve's journals and his, uh, immense pornography collection, uh, including child pornography and pictures of Susan's face on top of nude women. And pictures of Susan that he took without her knowledge. Yeah, uh, pictures of Susan in the bathroom that she didn't know about. Well, Uh, we assume she didn't know about She she wasn't looking at the camera kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, there's a crack in the door. Let's take a picture through it. That's, you know, generally assumed to be without their knowledge. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. Um, because Josh had knowledge of uh, his father's pornography, Charlie and Brayden were taken away from him to live with uh, Susan's parents. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this, sorry. Uh, after Susan's disappearance, they found that she had a secret diary in her work desk and a safety deposit box which had a handwritten last will and testament, which I'm going to read. Hand me the book. Because, I mean, I am trying so hard not to blame her because, like, I I get it, you know? Sometimes staying is easier than leaving, but if it gets to the point where you're writing a last will and testament and putting it in a safety deposit box saying that your husband's gonna kill you... Well, you gotta look at the circumstances from what you guys said. He had complete control of her life. She lost her power... Exactly. So, like, sometimes yeah. it's just and, really and hard. Alina, Alina, main, Alina, Josh's sister, mm-hmm. maintains that their elder sister, Jennifer, actually was responsible for that note in the safety deposit box. Mm-hmm. Which I don't believe that. <laughs> oh, why would you go to that extent to do something like that? Because um, they've got a persecution complex, and so they believe all sorts of crazy conspiracies going on around them. Because yeah. they've been indoctrinated by Steve to believe that Shit. Fuck you, Steve Powell. I think that should be the t- title of today's yeah, podcast. Yeah, fuck you, Steve Powell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Or the 69 poop loop. <laughs> 69 poop loop. <laughs> I do fuck you, that. Steve Powell, or 69, 69 poop, poop loop. <laughs> we got to um, loop back around to the poop loop. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the last will and testament. If I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like one. Take care of my boys. For mine and my children's safety, I feel the need to have a paper trail at work which would not be accessible to my husband. It is an open fact that we have life insurance policies of over a million if we die in the next four years. I'm gonna have a panic attack. Okay, here we go. Power through, Christ. Think of the poop I, loop. It's just like... <laughs> Keep that poop loop going. It's just like so sad. I Oh, yeah, dude, that, that book was yeah. fucked up. Heart is breaking. Um, yeah, when I... I did do a little research on it, and when I read her last book, I was like, damn, that gave me goosebumps. It's like... Yeah. It's no good. God. Um, 
So Josh had two supervised visits with his children every week uh, during the custody battle. Excuse me. Um, uh, each visit, he would try to teach the boys little lessons like how to cook and about science, whatever he wanted. But the boys never wanted to go to those visits. And actually, there's um, they've been invest. I saw this recent article that um, they think that those boys were sexually molested at Steve Powell's house. I mean, it sounds and pretty they don't likely. Know. Yeah, they don't, they don't think it was by Josh, but it, that whole it family could was have so been. Fucking oh, my God. Torn up, like, oh my God. emotionally and mentally, just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just all kinds of fucked up. And so, um, yeah, they do think that Charlie and Brayden were sexually molested at some point, and so that's why they didn't want to go visit Josh at any point. Um... So, this is one of the most fucked up parts, besides the ending of this story. Uh, Josh underwent uh, numerous psychological evaluations in which the results said he had adequate parenting skills. <laughs> adequate, guys. That's what just That's all we need. Yeah, just... Adequate. Uh, I mean... And with the way this story ends, you can tell he really did have some mm. adequate... Mm. Oh, sorry, you can't see my finger quotes here. <laughs> Adequate. <laughs> and I, um, I told you guys this earlier, but I actually know Josh Powell's defense attorney. Oh, shit. Um, Jeffrey Bassett, who's okay. in the book. I know Jeffrey Bassett. I've been in a few plays with him. I'm really good friends with him. He's a judge now, so, you know, flash the 1980s right. where they are now. Jeffrey what? Bassett. Flash judge. 19? Yeah, like in Remember the Titans, when they're, like, doing things and they're like, this person is now a lawyer. Oh, okay, yeah, like you know, that was like yeah, back in the like older movies when like yeah, Animal like, House, where like they are the now. end. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, okay. So if if this had that, it would have Jeffrey Bassett's photo, and it would say Judge went on no. to be Judge. Of, and he's also be, actually in musical theater. I don't know if it's because of this case, but uh, he became a foster father after that, and so okay. like him and his husband. Uh, raised boys now so it's really awesome so you said uh jeffrey bassett is a nice guy Mm -hmm. and but he defended this guy what was the reasoning behind that that you told me about the other day so he mainly did it for the children so he because josh did undergo these psychological evaluations that said he was a fit parent and so honestly it was just a job to him. It was his job to help Josh get his yeah, kids back. That's one of the hard things about uh, defense attorney is like, mm-hmm. to do your job properly, you can't pass judgment on who yeah, you're defending, and, and you have to um, just defend your balls off of this person that you might think is a total scumbag dickwad. Exactly, and the judge said we're not going to take Susan Powell into account at all during this case, and so yeah, um, yeah, which is also you know since they hadn't passed down any charges on, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's how they should, like, he, that was, that's jurisprudence oh, yeah. right there, that's, I mean, it seems shitty in retrospect, because of yeah. what happened, but it's, you know, how it's supposed to go down, and it's yeah. how it should go down, because, yeah, exactly, if Josh Powell hadn't gone all loop-de-loop, yeah. in the poop loop, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to ask that, just so the other people, the people who were listening, knew that the guy wasn't yeah, it was no. just like not dick while I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the day of 
the big famous day, February 5th. Um, Super Bowl Sunday! Woo! It was Super Bowl Sunday. Let's see, it was 2012. That would be... I don't care. Super Bowl 46, I think. I don't care. Hey. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, I to look and see who was playing. Yeah, so on that day... Jeffrey Bassett and a few of Josh's friends and family gets this email that says, I'm sorry for everything. Oh. And that's all it says. And uh, uh, I remember when this case happened and Jeffrey Bassett got that email. He was, like, pretty tore up about it. This case tore him up. So what had happened was they found they had confiscated one of Josh's computers and found cartoon pornography on it depicting incest and bestiality and child pornography. And uh, this was brought up in the court, and so they were going to run a bunch of these... Uh, they call it a Peter meter, which is a horrible term for it, but... Yeah, that part was, like, really, like... Yeah, I'm like... And the way they, the authors, like, treated the subject was really kind of, like... It was insensitive. And just demeaning and yeah, fucked up. it like, really is. Um, like, I did not like that whole discussion. Me neither. No, not at all. It was pretty fucked um, up. So they would attach something to your penis and show you images... And they would measure how aroused you are by the images. Which, to me, also, like, smacks of, like, is there science behind this? I mean, (laughs) is it, like, a lie detector where it's, like, fully subjective bullshit? Like, Like, I don't know. Also, people get, or men get boners for no reason sometimes. Yeah, that that was my issue. It's like... Guys get boners sometimes for And what no if reason. it's the, the pressure cuff that's given in the boner? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. I, d- <laughs> I would imagine sticking your dick in a pressure cuff probably. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of dudes looking at you and shit, but like... Yeah, right? What do you mean? It's nice to have an audience be like, look at it! <laughs> <Yeah>. Witness! <laughs> Witness my glory! <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's... Yeah. Different strokes, but you know, uh, yeah, no, that that whole thing, like, the whole that angle, like, yeah, given his dad's like bullshit, I, I get why they went through that, but it seems pretty fucked up, dude. It, like, it kind of was. Like, if yeah, I just it really smacked it like hinky bullshit to me on yeah. the part of the the courts there, and um, and that's one of the I think that's one of the reasons why. Josh did what he did because it's so embarrassing. And since this was brought up in court, yeah, it's a matter of public fucking record. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Yeah, he knew that he was gonna lose his kids. He knew it. And so, um, and that leads us back to the title: "If I can't have you, no one can." It's just so sad. Don't do that. If you're gonna kill other people, go seek help. Okay, I'm sorry, I just can't get over this. Who invented the Peter Meter? (laughs) Uh, Peter Meritosis? (laughs) Something like that, probably. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up, man. I don't know. But, Um, oh yeah, so, uh, by the way, it was, um, 
the uh, New, New New York Giants defeating the New England Patriots. Hey, I do I do care about that. Whenever the Patriots lose, I'm happy. Okay, so on February 5th, 2012, the social worker, Genevieve, what did we say her name was? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth Griffin Hall. <laughs> um, called 911 after Josh brought his boys inside the house and locked out the social worker. She said she heard screams, which... I listened to the 7-minute 911 call. It's a matter of public record. You can find it on YouTube as well. Um, and... Th- the 911 dispatcher is the stupidest person on the face of the planet. They're like... Veteran of 18 years. Like, she kept saying shit like, well, there's you know, I can't send officers down because I don't see like, there's no threat. And she's like, I can hear the children screaming! Clarice, <laughs> can you still hear the lambs? <laughs> <sighs> That just reminds me of the whole Hannibal series that I did. <laughs> so, uh, so the listeners uh, know um, I ruined the ending of Hannibal the book for Christy because she was Which like, I, think I, I really hope them. it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't end up this way. And I'm like, and oh, then you're like, yeah, yeah, no, it really it does. does. Yeah. Yeah, I um, told them about it, and I told them, pissed. Oh my god, it just makes me so mad because like, don't make strong women fall in love with toxic men. I could probably write an essay on how much I hate that book. You should. Oh my god. Oh my god. Remember when you were telling me how much you hated, um, uh, Lord of the Flies? You know, that was a different Christie back then. I was, you know, 21 years old. I was a young child. I have grown from my ways. And I love Lord of the Flies. What a good fucking book. So good. I don't like the writing style very much, but... Whatever. Yeah, me neither, but uh, he proves a really good point. Minidicles. Yeah. Meow. 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 Um, so, on the 911 call, you can hear the house explode, and it's just this overwhelming, like, boom sound, which is what happens when it explodes. Was she able to get the cops after that? Yeah, she was like, so I'm sending officers down now while the lady's freaking out on the other line because a house exploded in front of her. Once the fire died down, uh, they examined the bodies and they found blunt force trauma to the back of the boys' heads, both Charlie and Brayden. There was also smoke found in their lungs, which suggests that they were still alive when the house blew up. And also ethanol and uh, yeah yeah which means basically that basically he doused them with gasoline and alcohol while they were still alive and then set them on fire and uh, blew up the house yeah and um, I liked one of the quotes I think it was his sister Jennifer who said this uh, that that was an act that act was Josh's confession to killing Susan Powell I don't remember who said that but yeah, I don't either I think it's it it's a big red flag, definitely, that Josh yeah. killed her. I mean, I, I would agree with that. But it, it, we still don't know what you know, what happened to Susan. Like, how like how it went down. Like, none of that shit. 
Which, by the way, I was hoping by the end of the book we'd get some sort of conclusion on that fucking thing. No, so I have my theory about it. Okay, so the last thing I wrote is Steve Powell died in jail two weeks ago. Fuck you, Steve Powell. It's two weeks ago Monday. It's two weeks ago Monday. Um, July 23rd. So, uh, one thing that they mentioned in the book that I didn't mention is uh, when Josh was in his teen years, he tried to commit suicide by, I think he took a bunch of drugs. I think that's how he did it. I don't, I don't remember what they said. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, but there was... Wow. <laughs> so there was... Um, no. I, I really don't want to You do burped that. earlier. Inside. <laughs> Inside of my body. That's how you start a poop loop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and they said that um, since Josh had this knowledge of, like what it took, like, what happened when someone takes a bunch of drugs, because he did take a bunch of drugs to commit suicide, um, but then he went to the hospital and got better, um, not mentally, and, uh, so, um, what Giovanna was talking about on their, on the last night of Susan's life, where he made dinner dinner weird, and scooped it personally for each person, well, I and mean, served Susan last. I think that he put drugs in her food. That seems, you know, like it's a possibility for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, who can say one way or the other? Exactly. But Most of them are dead, the people that could say <laughs> one way or the other. Oh, and uh, Christy has not mentioned Mike, his brother, who probably helped him, mm-hmm. uh, jumped off a building. And oh, fell to did his death he? seven stories. Good. This is he dead? Book. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. Uh, he also stood to be one of the beneficiaries of, uh, of Josh's, Josh's will. Yes, yeah. Because uh, and uh, Susan's life insurance as well. Mm-hmm. Because being married it was a partner thing. Yeah. He had, and uh, Josh had changed the beneficiary to be like ninety six percent or something, mm-hmm. Mike. Yeah. Which is crazy. like, oh, hey, thanks for helping me dispose of my wife's body. Yeah. He Here's like a money. couple million dollars. Exactly. Never tell anyone. That's exactly what I thought it was, too. I read that. It seemed like a payoff. Okay. All right. Especially when Mike got nervous that they found his car. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Well, and um, Steve said that obviously they'd given Mike uh, psychotropic drugs to convince him to jump off a building. It was all the police's fault that that Mike killed himself. It It wasn't the fact that Mike had a conscience or saw no way out or anything. It was that the police gave him second drop and drugs. Oh, yeah, of course. It's, it's you know, MK Ultra in 2011 or whatever that right. happened, so. Okay, I'm sweaty and gross, and so we're going to end this podcast because we're done. Sounds good. Um, do you guys want to plug any Instagram or anything? <laughs> what? Do you guys want to plug your social media stuff? Uh, I always plug mine. My Instagram is Christy to the max. You can find me there. Uh, are we ever going to start uh, Trash Bandit Tunes? We really should. So look look forward to hearing from <laughs> Trash Bandit Tunes at some point. It's going to be a thing. That's so vague. It's a uh, like, music uh, group that me and Simon came up with while we're really drunk. Our first album will be called Blood Sock. Which is a reference you won't get, but maybe you'll get when you listen to the music. Okay, so that's it. All right. 
thanks guys for listening, and thank you to the two people who subscribed to me on Castbox. Everybody else subscribe now too. Subscribe now. Subscribe, subscribe. now. We got 30 subscribe. seconds.